into the arms of Davis. And the superior team all season long was the superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rushing record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome in to the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, AJ Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. Folks, we are officially one-third of the way through the conference basketball schedule, believe it or not, and Kentucky currently sits at 3-3 three and three and tied for fifth place in the standings after earning their second straight victory on Tuesday night, defeating the Georgia Bulldogs 85-71. to It was a tale of two halves as the Cats found themselves trailing by eight after 20 minutes as they struggled to defend Terry Roberts and Cario Quendo. Over the next 20 minutes, they outscored the Bulldogs 51-29 to and dominated the play on both offense and defense. The big question coming into the game was whether or not the Wildcats could build off their win over Tennessee, and they answered that question emphatically. Oscar Shiwe responded to Coach John Calipari's challenge and reminded everybody in the country why he was the National Player of the Year last season as he ends the game with 37 points and 24 rebounds. Just take a quick second to let that sink in for all of you out there. That is not a normal thing that happens. We have become quite immune to big performances from the Big O. But Sam, this one was historic. And as you were watching it, you know the fans in the stands were doing the same thing. They're counting it up. That's that's 17, that's 18, that's 19. And before you knew it, guys at 24 rebounds, he pours in 37 points, gets to the free throw line at will, does his thing down low. Like I said, an absolutely historic night for him and a big reason why the Wildcats were able to find success and get a win in Rupp Arena. So Sam... What did Georgia do early on in this game to give the Wildcats trouble? And then how were Oscar Shibwe and the boys able to turn it around and put an exclamation point on this victory? Yeah, thanks for bringing us in there, AJ. Uh, you know, the Georgia Bulldogs, that's a, that's a good team. And as we quickly learned in that first half, that's a team that plays extremely aggressive and gets downhill. And that's what they did against us, AJ. And that's where we struggled. We... We said it in our preview. At times early in the season, we have struggled to defend the ball. On-ball defending has been subpar. And the Georgia Bulldogs exploited that perfectly in the first half. I mean, Terry Roberts was just getting downhill. We were getting beat in one-on-one man coverage, AJ. It was it was tough. Uh, and... They knocked down a couple of shots because of it. They were able to space the floor, hit some open jumpers, and they were off to the races, AJ. I mean, I'll give credit to the Wildcats. They kept it within reach at times, uh, especially in that first half, to where at least they could go into the half knowing, okay, guys, you know, we're right there. Um, You know, Casey Wallace misses that last second layup opportunity AHA to go down six and then it would have been a two possession game so we built off of the momentum but you got to hand it to the Bulldogs they came out and they knew exactly their game plan however John Calipari and the Wildcats go in at halftime and they make the necessary adjustments you see obviously at that point we come out of the half with a totally different lineup AJ Um, obviously we started the game without Severe Wheeler in the starting lineup AJ that was um some were speculating it was slightly due to his injury, but 
overall, AJ, we come out of the half. We do not go with Severe as our point guard. We lead with Kaysen Wallace. And Severe finishes with 11 minutes on the game and only 33 seconds of play time in the second half, AJ. The Kentucky Wildcats, when he comes out, go on a 30-16 to 16 run to finish the game, AJ. When he was subbed out, we are tied 55-55. to 55. Like I said, only those 33 seconds of action in the second half. But we made the necessary adjustments. We put out a line in which could defend on ball, AJ. And that must have been the message at halftime because the difference between the first half and the second half was defense, defense, defense. I mean... Don't get me wrong, we caught hot. You know, we, we watch, obviously, Oscar Shibway's performance just go through the roof. And, and I mean, he, he was incredible, spectacular, and what a show he put on for Big Blue Nation and Rupp Arena. But you also saw Casey Wallace get in the groove. And I, I'm telling you, AJ, aggressive Casey Wallace is a different player and is exactly who the Kentucky Wildcats need to be a national presence and the college basketball realm, AJ. He was fantastic. I love that mentality. He was so aggressive. He was getting downhill. He was getting to his spots, and he was not af- afraid to pull the trigger. That made us all the more lethal because their guard play guarding Kaysen was difficult at times because they knew they had to respect him, AJ, to shoot, but they also can't slack off of Antonio Reeves or CJ Frederick. So it was a dynamic group that Cal put out on the floor. Like I said, they were out there. They go on that 30-16 to 16 run, AJ. They were actually in the second half on the court for an eight-minute span with nobody getting subbed out. So you could see that Cal find his, find his group, and he just ran with them. And it was, it was awesome. I mean, that first half was a dogfight, AJ, but that's what we expected. It's SEC play. We're going to be in a rock fight, especially in the first half. It's all about weathering the storm and coming in and making the adjustments and then really putting the foot down. I think we still all know we have much to improve on and we have areas of opportunity, but that should inspire us y'all because we're not perfect and we're starting to win basketball games in SEC play. We, we obviously are on a two game win streak in SEC play and we're going to come into a very hot SEC team in the Yaggies this upcoming Saturday, AJ, that will preview. So um, you know, overall, you mentioned him in your preview, but Terry Roberts for the Georgia Bulldogs, AJ, was very special. He, he really was, and he finishes with 21 points, second highest scorer on the game. However, AJ, in that second half, we really challenged Kaysen Wallace to guard him, and while doing so, Terry Roberts finishes two for nine in the second half, AJ, when Kaysen Wallace was guarding him. I mean, he really stepped up to the challenge, and we need someone in that second half to slow him down. You mentioned in your opener the discrepancy of points from first half to second half. I mean, AJ, they had over 40 points in the first half. It was was night and day, our effort, effort defensively. The last person I absolutely have to mention, AJ, because despite Oscar Sheboy's historic night, I mean, we're talking... 37 points, 24 rebounds. It's only been done once before in a Kentucky Wildcats uniform. Jacob Toppin was phenomenal, AJ. He was phenomenal. Looking at his stat line, he finishes with 11 rebounds, 11 points, two blocks, four assists, and a steal. That Jacob Toppin, the Jacob Toppin that rebounds, that blocks shots, that runs the floor aggressively and cleans up the rim and finishes plays late in the shot clock, AJ, because there was times where we knew in the second half, no matter what, Shibway is cooking. They don't have anything to throw at him to stop him, so we're going to go to him. And there was times when you break down the film, AJ, Shibway works out of it, and Jacob Toppin gets the ball in low shot clock scenarios, and he was aggressive and decisive, and he got to the rim or he got to his spot and he put up a shot. He didn't hit it every time, but I absolutely love his ability to finish plays late in the shot clock because sometimes that's the exact recipe that we're going to have to go to, and it, it can't be a shot that we're settling for. And he he was fantastic, AJ. That Jacob Toppin is the Jacob Toppin that we need. I think there's been spurts in the season that, I mean, I, I've even admitted it, we needed more from him production-wise. However, now that 
Antonio Reeves and CJ Frederick are really stepping up to the plate and becoming consistent scores for us, AJ. Jacob Topping can take on this role that makes us such a more dynamic team, AJ. Offensively, we looked fantastic, but that's because of our defensive effort. I, I'll keep going back to it, AJ. It's because of our defensive effort. We made them fight for every basket they got, and you're going to get your wins offensively when you're holding the team to 20-ish points in the second half, AJ. So all in all, it was a fantastic effort. I know I kind of flew past it, and it was part of your question, but obviously we do not have much performance from our former heartbeat and point guard, Severe Wheeler, AJ. So I got to ask you, he finishes with 11 minutes. He has no points. It was his birthday. It's against his old team. I I mean, it's no secret when you looked over at the bench, he wasn't exactly, you know, as uh, motivated and excited for his teammates like you saw in the previous game where he was injured and unable to play, AJ. I mean, he, he had no issue on the bench the, the game prior. He was ecstatic. He was up. He was yelling. He was cheering. However, it was a slightly different script against the Georgia Bulldogs in Rupp Arena. So my main question to you here is, given the game, let's not look too far ahead, AJ. We'll get there. Given the game, do you think that was very strategic by John Calipari Or do you think that was more just of a byproduct of the way the game was going? And then we can get into what are things to come for the Kentucky Wildcats and our point guard, Sphere Wheeler. Kind of a a loaded question there. Um, Here's what I'll say. I think the 11 minutes, I um, I think if you're John Calipari and you're the Kentucky Wildcats, you want Xavier Wheeler playing more than 11 minutes. Problem with that is, and we'll stick to specifically the Georgia game, he came in and started doing things that playing us, he was playing not winning basketball, is what I'll say. And that forced John Calipari to take him out of the game. Listen. We're at a point in the season now, Sam. I just I outlined it in our opener, and I saw your face as soon as I said it, and I would love to see the face of the listeners when I said it too, but we're a third of the way through the conference schedule, Sam. We're, 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 we're over halfway through that is our crazy. games for the season. This stuff just flies by, right? And... There's been no secret that the Kentucky Wildcats have struggled at times this year. We hadn't picked up any quality wins, real quality wins up until a couple of days ago. And so you're trying to build this momentum and you're trying to put together a win streak and get yourself back on track and back into this discussion of being a team who can get themselves into the tournament and then find a way to make something happen just like everyone else is trying to do around the country. But you can't afford to have these slip-ups anymore where you lose these games and then just chalk it up to, oh, hey, we'll get better the next time. Like This was a game against a good Georgia team, but you had to find a way. It's Same guys basically call all the Kentucky games during the weekdays, and it's Jimmy Dykes most of the time, right? And you're going to hear him come on there and talk about this and that and all this stuff, but... The one thing he'll continue to say, and if you watch the halftime show or the postgame show on SEC Network, Sam, the guys that are in the studio, Patrick Young, a fantastic college basketball player from his time, they talk about holding serve in the SEC on your home court. You have to do it. You can't allow these teams to come in and beat you on your own home court. You're going to get beat on the road from time to time. You're going to have to go out there and win a few of them, but you can't lose on your own home court. And we lost to South Carolina on our own home court, right? And you've seen a little bit of a difference, and there's been a lot of you know, speculation out there on the internet and all this stuff of people saying things about how we need to be playing a lineup without Xavier Wheeler and all this stuff. And listen, 
at the end of the day, he is a very vital and important part of our team, and we've made that abundantly clear over the course of the entire season, Sam. Both you and I have, right? And so to get back to where I started, 11 minutes I don't think is enough, but this is a guy who at this point, if he's not playing well, you, you just got to take him out because when he has the ball in his hands like that all the time and he's constantly turning it over and not making plays and the way he was going to the basket a couple times and just you know mishandling it and it falls out of bounds and stuff like that where it's like, listen, dude, you need to come in and play a certain role for us now and it's not the same as it always has been and that's kind of the way that things are trending right now and and it's it's pretty clear when you watch the tape sam and you watch these games that without him on the court and having the the guards casein cj and antonio out there at the same time it really opens up that spacing on the court and allows shiway to to get to work down low allows chris livingston and jacob toppin to play that that four position and be able to roam and create and cut to the basket and get the ball in their spots. And so you're seeing what it's doing for our offense. You're also seeing what it's doing for our defense. We, we, we've started to ratchet it up, Sam. Something we outlined before the Tennessee game, Sam. Our defense had gone from a top 15 to 20 unit in all of college basketball to almost outside the top 100. And and within two games, Sam, we've moved ourselves right back up toward closer towards 50 than we are towards 100 at this point. And that's that's where you're seeing the success from this basketball team. And in the first half against Georgia, we didn't make stops. Sam, I went through... I had to go back and watch it and go through the play-by-play because I really couldn't believe what I had saw in that first half. I I think 90% of their baskets in the first half were either three-pointers, layups, or free throws. They, I think they made one two-point jump shot, maybe two, the whole first half, and they end with 42 points at the half. And, you know, me and you were sitting there, we're texting back and forth, as we always do during the games, and you're kind of thinking like, Listen, man, there's only one way to turn this thing around. Like, you're not going to sit here and just go point for point for point for point. You're already down. Like, we're not going to make that up. You got to get stops. And that's exactly what they did. And that lineup that they're playing right now is allowing them more flexibility to be able to switch on more on defense. They're starting to play those pick and rolls better. They're starting to be able to put Case and Wallace on a guy at times to say, hey, we need you to shut him down. And that's what he did with Roberts in the second half, Sam. I mean, a big time performance from Case and Wallace there on the defensive side. And what does it do? It translates right to, right over to offense. Seven to 10 from the floor last game, Sam. You talk about efficiency. We talk about it all the time, man. You you can't get much more efficient than going seven to ten and only turning the ball over one time. He's starting to get the ball in his hands a lot more. He had, I think, four or five turnovers at Tennessee, so not great. But what he did do well today, or I'm sorry, last game against Georgia, was only the one turnover, and he's handling the ball a lot more, so he's starting to get comfortable in that role. All this talk about Xavier Wheeler, he's still going to play an important role on our team, Sam. And I want to get your thoughts on this here in a minute. But I think his minutes are going to be predicated on the flow of the game, the opponent, and then how he decides to go in and play. And if he's doing things that are helping us win, he's not going to get yanked out of the game and he's going to play his minutes and, and, and whatnot and he can he can help us in stretches. But if you're going to go in there and play a certain way and it's not beneficial to this team, then I think at this point, Sam, it's just it's it's nothing personal. It's not a, hey, you stink or this or that. It's just, look, like, look we're, we, we're trying to win. We need to win. These are the best players that give us an opportunity to win on a nightly basis, and that's just kind of where it is. And it's it's a really, really sticky situation. And so before we get kind of into that, Sam, and, and where we go going forward, a few more things that I just wanted to bring up about this game that really stuck out to me that I want to bring to the listeners um, before we get fully entrenched 
in, in all of that. But um, just wanted to add to some of the things you talked about. But, I mean, you mentioned it, Sam. It was the defense. I just outlined it, too. I mean, what a great job by the Kentucky Wildcats in the second half to really, really clamp down. And you saw a total team effort. I mean, the blocks from Shibway, the blocks from Toppin, the rebounding from Shibway, the rebounding from Toppin. And yeah, then, AJ, the, the thing I'll say is five blocks is finally where we need yes, to be. Absolutely. When we're not blocking shots, it, we are a totally different defense. And I feel like this has been a different team that hasn't been blocking shots. So I'm glad you brought that up. Man. No, uh, 100%. We end with five blocks on the game and just the, the presence down low. It, it's not always about... Listen, we don't we don't have a guy who's going to come in and play significant minutes that's taller than Oscar Shibway. It's just it's not going to happen. Where a lot of teams around the country have that luxury of having somebody who who's bigger, but we still have team length, overall team length and physicality, and that's where we need to impose that. And Sam, we did that in the second half. And then again, a few stats that I want to point out that are very similar to what we saw in Tennessee. Sam, Kentucky wins the rebounding battle against Georgia 41-27. to So again, second straight game where you have completely out-rebounded your opponent. Let's look at the offensive glass. 13 offensive rebounds for the Kentucky Wildcats, only two for the Georgia Bulldogs. So again, both defensively and offensively rebounding a really, really good job. Kentucky assists. 15 assists to Georgia's 7. So we we were able to almost double them, actually more than double them in assists. We already talked about the blocks, 5 to 1, so so you you outperform them there. And then steals, 9 steals for the Wildcats, only 3 for the Georgia Bulldogs. And Sam, maybe the most impressive number of them all, Kentucky only turns the ball over 5 times on the game and you're starting to see this offense, this cohesion come together. And it's a combination of getting stops and then that allowing you to get in transition and also allowing you to get into your sets earlier and the and what they're being able to run right now. They're finding more open looks. It seems like the team is just much more comfortable and confident in what they're trying to accomplish out there on offense. So the mistakes are starting to come down and being limited. And that is going a long way in their success that they have found in the last two games. You talked about Cason Wallace, Sam. I just wanted to add in a few things about him. I thought he played wonderful. The one thing, the one thing that we all need to pay attention to, he is a little too physical at times, and he's gotten himself into a little bit of foul trouble. I mean, Sam, you look at a guy who ends the game with 17 points, and he missed stretches with foul trouble again. So you're looking at a guy, Sam, who even when Oscar Sheboy goes out there and scores 30-something points, and, and say that comes down to a normal 15 to 20 or 25 or something like that, you still have enough in your offense where if Cason Wallace is out there, this is a guy that can go out there. Don't be surprised if one of these games he drops 30 points on one of these teams and everyone's looking around saying, now where did that come from? Because it, I feel like that's where we're headed with this kid. It, it's starting to break. 100%. Sam, I got one last thing to say about this game, okay? Two, actually, because I'll talk about Antonio Reeves and C.J. Frederick. While they didn't have the greatest game shooting from the three-point line, both of them found a way to impact the game. Defensively, I thought Antonio Reeves also did a really good job of hey, maybe my shot's not falling at times, using the shot fake, getting into the lane, the lob. I talked to the, the lob and the floater, Sam. I talked about his floater game maybe four weeks ago, and I said, teams are trying to run you off the three-point line, man. you got to develop that floater game, and yep, he's, he's done it. And mm-hmm. it's added a whole new dimension into how you have to guard him, and it's it's starting to open up our offense in ways that it hadn't through the first part of our season. So I love to see what those two guys are doing right now. And then, okay, last thing, Sam, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get you back in here. I'm sorry, but over the last two games, Sam. The Kentucky Wildcats have gone to the free throw line 55 times. They have made 45 of those free throws. In their previous two SEC games against Alabama and South Carolina, we went to the free throw line 22 times and made 12 of them. So those two games, 
you get 12 points off free throws at 55% shooting. In the last two games, we get 45 points off of 82% shooting at the free throw line. It's all about the aggressiveness. The confidence is growing. The foul shots are starting to hit, Sam, and you're really starting to see this thing go, right? So let's bring it all back. Where do we go from here, Sam? What's going on with Xavier Wheeler, and how do we manage this situation, and what do we need to see from him going forward to maximize his potential, the potential of the team, and keep him ready and locked in and motivated to come in and impact the game when his number is called? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a critical question, AJ. It, it really is, because... You and I both know that Severe Wheeler is still such a critical piece to this Kentucky Wildcats puzzle. And one of which, if we don't have AJ, I'm telling you, we will not make the run we want to in postseason play come March. It, it all comes down to how he responds, AJ, because I, I think it's clear he's going to have to fight for his minutes. And you laid it out perfectly. I think it's going to be a game-to-game scenario. If he's coming in and he's playing fantastic, AJ, you and I have both seen his abilities on the basketball court. He can do incredible things for us and open up the game for his teammates around him. The way he facilitates the ball, his speed, his athleticism, and I know at times he gets in bad positions defensively, but overall, he's probably one of the best end-to-end defenders we have AJ because his ability with his speed and athleticism to pick up full court is unmatched so we are going to absolutely need him especially not to preview it too early but the the Aggies and a lot of other teams AJ love to run full court pressure and no one in my honest opinion breaks a full court pressure quite like severe because he's shifty he's small and his speed is elite We're going to need him. So it all comes down to how he responds, AJ. And that's a difficult question because he's been a leader for us. He's been PG1 for us. And he has been his entire college career. So this is going to be a difficult adjustment. It it all comes down to his teammates, his attitude, and his coaches to be able to lift him through this. And one thing that I want to bring to our, our listeners' attention, AJ, is a quote from Jacob Toppin doing an interview today ahead of the Aggies game on Saturday. He was asked a question about the importance of Severe Wheeler to Kentucky as a team. Here's exactly what he responded with, AJ. Really important. I know a lot of people are talking bad about him, but this team is nothing without Severe. He does a lot for us, whether he's starting, whether he's coming off the bench. He brings a lot of energy to this team, and he changes the pace of the game. On the offensive end, he defends very well. Even though he's small, he fights. He's tough. He's who we are. So all the negative comments about him can go out the window. He's really important to this team, and we need him in order to do something special. The media always tries to put someone against the wall, bring someone down. And like I said, it can take a toll on somebody's mental, and a lot of people don't know what we go through behind the scenes. I just want to make it aware that he's really important to this team. Without him, this team wouldn't be anything. So I just want everyone to know that. AJ. That's awesome. The reason. That's awesome. Yeah. The reason I bring that up is because we saw Jacob Toppin go through some really early season struggles and he admitted his his struggles with it mentally and you saw him break through and now he's creating this huge role for him but he like i said it's shifting now you know the the way we're going to call on him from here forward is going to shift we need him to be more dynamic across the board and if we want to run with a lineup aj that's three guards he has to rebound like i'm serious if he doesn't rebound then calipari cannot play that lineup and i don't want to hear big blue nation say why are we playing that lineup if we're getting killed on the boards we can't we physically can't So here's the thing, AJ. Severe Wheeler finds himself in a a very difficult situation, but also one where it's all about the way he responds because you and I both know he still has every ability to average 20 minutes plus, AJ, or right in that range. And when he comes on the floor, what we need to see from him is 
his ability to impact the game across the floor. Crash the boards. I know you're small, but he's a great rebounder because when other guys are fighting, he can sneak in there and grab the rebound, AJ. Obviously, facilitating is the number one opportunity. Get your players involved at doing it without turning the ball over because when you come in, we're going to need you to take care of the basketball. It's all about the way he responds. It's all about Jacob Toppin and his teammates lifting him up and building him up, AJ. I love that quote because he's saying, I don't care what the media says. I don't care if he's a starter, if he's coming off the bench. I don't care. And he shouldn't care either because we know how critical he is to this team. And I hope our listeners know that and I hope our fan base knows that because it's not it's not a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. AJ, he's a Bob Cousy Award winner finalist. Like th- This kid's one of the best point guards in the entire country. Sure, we're a different team when he's on the floor for both good and bad, but let's find the good. Let's challenge the coaches to find the good. Put him in winning basketball scenarios because I do think to this point we've struggled to do that. We, we could have done a better job as a team putting him in winning situations, and I think this, this new lineup, AJ, will create that because – him coming off the bench, I'm telling you, that's that's an incredible opportunity, and I'm not just saying that, but the one person I wanted to compare him to, AJ, and I know it's it's very similar. Someone that gets a lot of scrutiny in the media is Russell Westbrook for the Los Angeles Lakers, AJ. And whether you're a fan of him or not, here's the facts. That guy is an MVP in the National Basketball Association. He goes to the Lakers, AJ, and he, he's not playing good. He, he's not. Let, let's admit it. They move him off a starting rotation into a six-man rotation. He's almost averaging a triple-double in again, AJ. It took him a couple of games to buy into the new role. But at this point in his career, AJ, that's, that's maybe who he needs to be. And all I'm challenging our team and our listeners to do is give Severe some time here let him work into this new role because he can do the exact same thing. He can impact the game in so many ways, and I know he will do it, but don't get down on him. I know I saw some some tweets and firing off about his attitude. And Dude, if it was my birthday and I was going up against my old team, I'd be pretty pissed too, AJ, if I got benched. So give him a second, but it, there's no doubt about it in my mind. This team's going to rally around him, and he's going to find a way to be a huge impact from here on out yeah sam i think you you said it best right there for real honestly it's it's there's not a whole lot else that needs to be said um i think you outlined very eloquently how the fan base myself and yourself included the rest of the media members everybody listen guys it does no good to break these guys down and to publicly talk bad about them. Listen, me and Sam will come on here and we can be critical and will be critical of the on-court play. Okay? But to drag some guy and say he's no good and we're better with off without him and everything like that is just doing us, a, a, our team, a, a huge disservice. And so, Sam, you said it best. We need to support him, we need to give him a little bit of time, and we need to continue to rally around him and celebrate him when he comes in and does good things for us. Because if if Severe Wheeler is is your sixth or seventh best player on your team, that's a hell of a team you got going there, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Amen to that. And so, Amen to that. But overall, Sam, again, one hundred percent undeniable he cannot go to the place of woe is me i got benched and the coaching staff doesn't like me and i'm not good enough and all that stuff and it's 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 easy to go there it it, it's it's hard to not go there and so continuing to keep that fight and that spirit about him because he can be that guy who comes in and is our spark plug, is our energy, is the change of pace in a game that takes the other team and throws them for a loop. And 
he can be a major contributor into our winning formula. We've got to support him and help him, and then he has to stay ready, be ready, and when he does get his opportunity, he has to deliver. This is big boy sports now. you got to come in, and when your, your number is called, there's no excuses, especially at this point in the season. you just got to find a way to be ready, and so... We'll keep our eyes on that. And Sam, I think that is a good way to transition us and put our focus on the big matchup in Rupp Arena this weekend where the Kentucky Wildcats will take on the Texas A&M Aggies. Look at this Texas A&M team. It is a team that we broke down just last week on our SEC basketball preview. I told you guys that I have had my eyes on this team all season. I have been waiting for this game all season. I know it might not be the sexiest matchup and it might not be the top 10 matchup and all these things. But when I look at this Texas A&M team, they remind me a lot about our Kentucky Wildcats team and their head coach and Buzz Williams. I just love his mentality and the way he coaches his team. And so I have been looking forward to this matchup and we talked about it a little bit. You know, they needed to start to find their groove. They struggled a little bit early and we saw the way they ended last year on that, on that massive heater. And Sam, I think ever since we said something, they heard us because they have really kicked it up a notch. You look at this team five and oh so far in the SEC, 13 and five overall, and they find themselves on a seven game win streak heading into Rupp Arena. And Kentucky would love to be able to create a seven game win streak of their own. But before we can even look at that, we have to worry about the three game win streak because we're on the two and we can only focus on the very next one. We are very much awaiting this. Big-time matchup with the Aggies on Saturday. And Sam, it's no secret that this Texas A&M team is a lot like other teams in the SEC. They are built on toughness and physicality and defense. You look at this team, they are extremely physical. They are long. They are athletic with players from the point guard position to the center position, up and down the lineup who can make plays. When you look at this Texas A&M team, who sticks out to you on their team that we need to be paying attention to? And then what sticks out to you about their game that we need to be prepared for on Saturday? Yeah, AJ, I mean, this is a team that's 5-0 and now in conference play. And I, I want that to not sit lightly in your guys' minds because to start 5-0 and in SEC play is no easy task, AJ. They are 3-1 and on the road this season, so they have found their ways to win on the road, AJ, in some hostile environments. So, you know, just to show this is a quality opponent. And you mentioned it. I mean, they play hard-nosed defense. They will get up in you. They are relentless, AJ. And they have the perfect mix of a top 30 adjusted offense and Kim ratings in the entire country, currently sitting at 27, if I'm not mistaken. This is a good Texas A&M Aggies team, AJ. And they're well coached. So they're, they're not going to get out of sorts. They're not, they're not going to be too emotional. They're, they're well coached, AJ. But when you ask the question of, who sticks out? That, that's a great question. We got to know our opponents. So, so let's get to it. I mean, first and foremost, they have very good guard play, AJ. And we've talked about it. it that wins you games in March and that wins you championships, but it obviously wins you games right now. And they have fantastic guard play led by Wade Taylor, who is averaging over 15 points a game, AJ. And he's almost shooting 40% from three-point range, right around 38.5%. And then they have Tyrese Radford, AJ, who, again, averaging over double digits, 12 and a half points a game. I mean, both of these guys are extremely talented guards. They have a supporting role in Dexter Dennis, AJ, who also averages right around eight points, five rebounds. So he's a dynamic player for them that does multiple things. And then 
they have multiple guys hovering right around 40%, 30% from three, AJ. So this is a team that can really spread you out, which makes a huge opportunity for the next guy that I'm going to bring up, which is Henry Coleman III. And, AJ, you should be pretty familiar, Julius Marble. Because both of these guys, specifically Julius Marble, AJ, are the type of guys that we we – which is great because it's almost like the Georgia game was a precursor, if you will, because the way they attacked us in that first half and got downhill, that is exactly what those two guys do, AJ. They are downhill runners who love to attack the basket. Might I add, the Texas A&M Aggies, AJ, are the number one free throw shooting team in the entire conference because they're aggressive and they get at you and they go downhill and they fender, finish under duress. I mean, Julius Marble, AJ, is 6'9", 245 pounds. Henry Coleman the third is 6'8", 245 pounds. So we've got a couple of Oscar Sheeways on their team physically-wise who love to get at you, be physical, and get to the line because they don't have any problem finishing under duress. Julius Marble, AJ, obviously transferred from Michigan State. His last, let's see, five games now, 17 points, 17 points, 11 points, 14 points, and 19 points. Yeah, their win streak correlates directly to him picking up his play, 100%. Exactly, because prior to that, he was only uh, averaging just under 10 points. He has really turned it up, AJ. He's being more physical and demanding the basketball, and he's finishing at the rim. And I, I mean... I know I just flew through a lot of names, but when you break down that offense, that's basically their core offense right there, AJ. It's it's a team that is spread around with strong shooters that can spread you out, but also forwards and guards that can really attack the basket and get to the line. The biggest challenge for the Kentucky Wildcats is two things. Two things, AJ, defending, defending, defending. I mean, that is goal number one. That effort that we put together in the second half against Georgia has to be how we start this game because they are going to want to spread us out, put us in one-on-one game or matchups, and attack us all game long and get to the basket. And what they do effectively, AJ, because they have good surrounding shooters, is they can spread you out to do so because you – you got to respect them. They've got a couple of guards that are shooting 40% from three. There's no, there's no, I guess, AJ, non-reason. There, I, I can't find the word, but there's no luck that they are 5-0. and oh, There it is. In conference play, because this is a good team, AJ. And, and like I said, they, they have a top 30 offense in the country. They don't have an as-efficient defense, but they, they're relentless. When, when I say not as efficient, I, I just mean they're not in the top 25. But that is not to mistake. They have a highly aggressive and long defensive team, AJ. So they, they make it really difficult for you to get into the lanes because they love to clog it with their length. I mean, they got a couple of guys that are 6'8", six, 6'9", six, and their guard play is fairly long, and, and they'll clog the lanes against you, AJ. So... When when we talk about the Sallies and Joes, that's who Texas A&M is going to mostly run for the entire night, AJ. And Wade Taylor is extremely special. I, I mean, he is a, a kind of guy that can really get going. And it's one of those another microwave situations. I, I know every team kind of has one of those guys, and it, it's never not going to be a worry for us. But, but we absolutely have to decide going into this game, kind of like John Calipari against Tennessee of how are we going to defend them? And are we going to say, okay, let's, let's press out and we cannot let them beat us from the three point line. And we're going to have to settle for doing a rock fight down low and just trying to take our bumps and bruises and beat them because they can't beat us with twos. It's going to be an interesting lineup that we take AJ, because like I said, they got two guys in Henry Coleman, the third, and Julius Marble, who are getting significant minutes, who are physical bodies. So you're going to have to have guys that are willing and able to get up and get ready for that task. And, I mean, I know Oscar Shebway will. I know he will. But we have to have a similar effort from Jacob Toppin. He's going to have to be physical, and he's going to have to fight AJ because this could be one of those scenarios where if he, he's not fighting and he's not rebounding, he's not being physical defensively, then we're going to have to find someone else to get in there, AJ. 
The second point, because I know I said one of two, the second point, I said defense, 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 is defense without fouling. We, we cannot foul, AJ. We, we got to be physical, but we cannot be a team that is going out there and fouling. I already mentioned it. They're the number one free throw shooting team that's getting to the line in the entire conference. We can't put ourselves in foul trouble early. We cannot have it. Oscar's got to find a way to defend without fouling because he's most likely going to be going up against Coleman or Julius Marble, AJ, and he's going to have to be physical and knock them off their game, but he can't do it with fouling. So that that's definitely the two biggest keys for me against the Texas A&M Aggies. When I go through the salad, is there someone more specifically that you are honing in on or – how do you think the Kentucky Wildcats can slow this Aggies team down who loves to get downhill and to the rim? Because let's be honest, we, we got to start on the defensive end. Yeah, Sam. I mean, it all starts on the defensive end. We've seen that with the Kentucky Wildcats. If they're not willing to compete on the defensive end, then it, nothing really matters because you're just not going to win, especially in this league. The teams are too good, they're too physical, and they're too skilled. And if you don't show up to play, they're going to beat you. I said it before the South Carolina game, did I not? I said, you don't show up to play in this league and you get beat. So... <clears throat> I don't suspect that of being the case. I think that the Kentucky Wildcats will show up to play this weekend, and it starts on defense. And Sam, you outlined that very well. Again, I'm starting to think that you almost don't need me on the podcast anymore because by the time I get to (laughs) say something, you've taken everything away. But no, you you hit the nail right on the head, Sam. This Texas A&M team, if you've watched them play this year, they are trying to do one thing on offense. And that is get the ball in their playmakers' hands, right? Dexter Dennis, Wade Taylor, and Radford. All three of those guys can break you down off of the dribble. And Wade Taylor especially is very gifted passer. He is breaking you down, not even to get to the basket. He is breaking you down because as soon as you commit to he beats his defender and gets into the lane and you commit another defender to him, boom. He kicks it, and, and this guy's got he's got a special ability to be able to find the open man, Sam, and, and they have multiple guards that can do that. They, they break you down off the dribble, they get into the lane, and then they are not afraid to take it to the basket and finish, and then they are also all very willing passers, and then you talked about it. Down low, you have multiple guys who are physical, are tall, and are willing to go down there and bang bodies. They, they'll D you up, and then they also have game on the offensive side. I mean, let's talk about my my guy, Julius Marble from Michigan State. I mean, you've seen him really coming into his own after transferring over. It took him a little while, but Sam, you watch this guy play. He can play with his back to the basket. He can take you out 12, 15 feet and knock down a jumper. So it's going to be a handful for Oscar Sheway. I'm really looking forward to this matchup on Saturday to see these two guys go at it. Now, I think that Oscar is definitely the better player, and I think that he should still be able to get his own on offense and really put his imprint on this game, but it's going to be a war. These guys are going to fight like hell. I mean, that's just how the Texas A&M Aggies are built, Sam. That is their offensive game. They're going to try to find a way to get the ball in low. They're going to attack the basket, and this number right here is going to tell you guys just how good they are at attacking the basket. They average 18 free throws a game which is third most in the entire country, guys. They they can shoot the three, Sam. That's not their game. They'll do it when you give it to them, but they are looking to get to that basket. But more importantly, yeah, exactly. like I said, they are looking to break you down off the dribble. What is something that we have struggled to do this year is defending teams who have guys who can break us down off the dribble. And I think we've started to do a much better job. So again, Big challenge for Cason Wallace to go out there to be able to slow some of these guards down. And then Antonio Reeves, CJ Frederick, and also Xavier Wheeler and Adu Thiero if he gets in. All them. You have to man up in this game. This is a grown man's game on Saturday. So you need to be physical. You need to D them up. 
but Sam said it best. You got to do it without fouling. This team lives at the free throw line and they will knock them down at a consistent enough clip to where if you let them live there, they will beat you. You cannot let them continually get to the foul line over and over. When they don't get to the foul line, Sam, they are a top 10 team in the country in offensive rebounding, grabbing one on 37.4% of their misses. That's only a percentage point basically lower than the Kentucky Wildcats. So they do the same thing that we do when, even if they don't make the shot, they have some physical guys who can get to the basket. And those, you you outlined them all, Sam. I think the only guy we didn't talk about was uh, Hefner. He is a guard who can come in and really stroke it from three. He's not a guy who's going to break you down off the dribble, but a guy you need to pay attention to when he's in the game because he can he can catch fire from the three-point line. So that's really what we need to be paying attention to on the defensive side of the ball. And let's look at the other side of the ball. What do the Kentucky Wildcats need to do on offense? Well, I think even though they do have some of that physicality down low, Sam, I think that Oscar Shibwe should still be able to to get to work down there. I've seen this team play. Just watched them play Florida the other night. Castleton really created a lot of problems for him, and I know that Oscar's not that big, but Oscar has the same skills, if not better, being able to post up to the basket, yep. go to work down low. You saw something really new and encouraging in Oscar's game last game where he was catching the ball and immediately turning and facing the basket and then using that quick move to the right or left. And it's causing issues because these teams, they're trying to double team him. You see it. They throw the ball down low to Oscar. He gets it with his back turned to the basket. And before he can even turn and do anything, there's a guy there scratching at the ball and doing all sorts of crazy things, trying to turn him over. And so he's done a better job of, hey, even if you post me up a couple feet farther out, as soon as I get it, I turn, I face, I don't allow the double team. If it comes, I can see over to pass. And if it doesn't come, then I'm making one jab to the right or left and I'm taking my guy straight to the basket. And it, it, I think he can have some similar success in this game. So we need to be able to feed him. And then Sam, couple things we need to pay attention to. You you said it. They're 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 relentless on defense. They may not be the most efficient defense in college basketball, but they get after it and they will bang bodies on the boards. They are not afraid to block you out and to get physical and then one thing that this team does a very very good job of is being able to trap you. If you get caught on the baseline, if you get caught by the out-of-bounds line, they are one of, if not the best team in college basketball at sending help to trap you and forcing you into turnovers. I've seen them do it all year long. You cannot pick up your dribble in vulnerable positions because they will trap you. They will turn you over. You try to drive the baseline, I guarantee you, Every single time the Kentucky Wildcats try to drive baseline, they will have a guy there to stop it. You try to spin out of it, and there will be another guy right in your face trying to stop it. That's how they play defense. They want to create chaos. They want to turn you over. They want to beat you up. They want to out-physical you. That's how they like to play basketball. It's how Buzz Williams has always liked to play basketball, and he's got the athletes all over his roster to make it happen. I feel like I'm I'm really hyping these guys up and I think it's 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 worth hyping them up though Sam you know how they're going to come in on Saturday they're going to be fired up and ready to play and this is a team that has all the pieces where if you don't show up and you don't give your all and you don't fight on defense and do the things that have been made us more successful these past two games then we're going to lose this team is very hot they are very confident right now. They have not lost an SEC play. I don't. They don't plan on losing an SEC play. They will at some point, but we need to be up and ready for this game, Sam. I, I said it after the last game. This isn't about reading the the press clippings and and, and patting each other on the back and saying how good we are because we won a couple games in in conference play. No, know your scouting report. Figure out 
how you want to attack these guys because I think we're going to need to do a lot of switching between our guards in this game and being able to not get locked into one-on-one matchups. And you're going to have to see CJ and Antonio and Kaysen all be able to take these guards at different times and being able to slow them down. If you can switch through those screens and things like that and, and be able to throw some different guys on it, you're not asking one guy all game long to corral a certain player and you're playing better team defense. So just to recap, this is a team with great physicality, great size, ability to break you down off the dribble, and a willingness and ability to fight and defend at a high level and rebound at a high level. So all the things, Sam, that we are trying to do ourselves, they do it as well. So it's going to be a hard-fought basketball game. So going to need to bring your hard hat and your lunch pail it's time to get to work, Sam. I mean, you got anything else about these Texas A&M Aggies? I'm, I'm, I am fired up for this matchup. I cannot lie, my man. No, man. I mean, I got a few things, but it was almost like it was your turn to steal the words right out of my mouth. So fantastic job breaking that down, AJ. I mean, um, you know, you, you said it, and I, I mentioned it earlier, but defense, but more specifically, it's that communication and rotational piece. Because when you watched our defense in the second half against Georgia, AJ, we are communicating, we are rotating, and that's so vital because, you know, sometimes it's so easy to say, oh, well, a guy left his man. No, he was rotating over, and then the backside defender didn't also rotate. So the communication piece, the rotation is going to be vital because you you said it. We, we can't expect our guards to match up with the guards all night and, and fight through all the screens. So that's going to be a massive part of it. Taking care of the basketball is going to be a massive part of it because they, they are relentless defensively. And if we can win the turnover battle again, A.J., that's going to be massive. With how aggressive this team is in the Texas A&M Aggies, they love to get downhill, but they also will turn the ball over because of it, AJ, because they, they want to go straight to the basket. They, At times, I'm not saying they play completely out of control, but they maybe get a little ahead of themselves. I mean, they're a team almost averaging 13 turnovers a game, AJ. So that's an opportunity for us to be patient, make them make the mistakes, and get out and run, AJ, because we've proven – Although we are one of the, in Ken Palm, AJ, adjusted offensives as far as possessions per game, one of the lowest in the country, we still are a team that when we get out and run, we're extremely efficient because of our ability to move the ball. You saw it against Georgia and knock down some shots. You said it too, AJ. That was maybe second to last point. Feed the beast is exactly what I have written down. Oscar Shibway is coming off of a massive game where he had a career high in points. He finishes with 24 boards, which is close to his career high, AJ. And when you look back at history, the last time we did play the Texas A&M's last season at Texas A&M, Oscar Sheway was guarded by Henry Coleman III, AJ, of most likely who might be guarding him, if not Julius Marble. And Oscar finished with 21 points and 22 rebounds, AJ. So... What I'll say is despite the physical size and ability to defend that this Texas A&M Aggies team has, I trust our guy. We got to feed the man, and we got to look for him to have another special game. I truly mean that. The last piece of thing that I can give all of you listeners is if you're going to Rupp Arena and you're going to be watching us take on this team, I need Rupp Arena to be loud as hell, AJ, because this is why we are favorited to win this game. This is why when you look at the key matchup predictor analytics, we're a 75% chance to win this game because we have Rupp Arena on the cusp of this team that is about to continue to break through, and we need you guys to be loud and be relentless, just like this Kentucky Wildcats team is starting a way to fight, so do we, because it makes that much more of a difficult position for this away team coming in. I mean, you can't make the adjustments on the fly. You can't communicate the same way. It's that much more important for us to be ever so loud, and I I really do think this is going to be a hell of an environment. I wish I could be there, AJ. I'm sure you do as well, but I'm going to be locked in and 
just like you finished, I'm pumped up for this game. It's a huge opportunity to beat a team that is undefeated in SEC play, AJ, and for us to go over the hump of the 500 mark in SEC play and fight our way and claw our way back up to the top of the ranks in SEC. So, I mean, let's do it, man. Let's let's do it. Absolutely. Like you said, another big opportunity. I feel like we say it every game, but that's kind of the position that we've put ourselves in through yep. this point in the season. It It is a huge opportunity. This is a team that has not lost in conference like you just outlined. So chance for us to get back over 500, something we talked about on the last podcast saying, Sam, hey, you get both wins at home this week, you get over 500 in the league, and then we, we move on from there and, and we take that win. So Cats look to make it three in a row on Saturday in Rupp Arena. That is all that we have for you guys tonight. I think it's time for us to get out of here so we can get this all uploaded and out there for you all to listen to, to get ready for the big time matchup this weekend. Sam, I appreciate your time tonight and I appreciate everybody listening, following us, going online and sharing the podcast, rating us, all the things that people do to help us grow. We always appreciate it. You can follow us on Twitter at AO Kentucky Pod. You can also follow Sam there at SamBrad66. You can follow myself there as well at Andrew J. Bradley. We always post links to the episode so you guys can go on there and find them obviously we are also just go on to the podcast app that you like to listen through spotify apple podcasts all those sorts of things and you can find us there as well again appreciate your time sam thank you so much and go cats see y'all there's only one thing left to say Oh, C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats.